Welcome to the Ignite Physio Podcast. This is episode number 11, and I'm your host, Andrew Kopian. I want to thank you for joining me on the show today. I know as clinicians, it can definitely be a challenge staying on top of the latest research, and our goal is to make that a little bit easier with our research roundups. So here again with me is Russ Gothard. He's a PT student at the U of A, and Russ and I are going to be chatting about a study that looks at the possible ways to predict lateral ankle sprains. And uh, Russ, I want to welcome you to the show again. Thanks, Andrew. It's always good to be here. Yeah, so uh, can you fill people in in terms of the research we're uh, looking at today? Uh, Sure, yeah. Today we're going to be talking about a study published in December 2015 in the American Journal of Sports Medicine. Uh, It's called Prediction of Lateral Ankle Sprains in Football Players Based on Clinical Tests and Body Mass Index by Gribble and Co. out of Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, Dr. Gribble's really into ankles. He's published at least seven articles this year alone that have the word ankle in the title. And he's even part of an organization called the International Ankle Consortium. So this guy knows what he's talking about. I did not know there was an International Ankle Consortium. It sounds like he's been busy. So uh, tell me what caught your eye uh, when you uh, found the study. Uh, Well, it's an article that can provide some big picture information to a very common injury. Uh, Lateral ankle sprains are the most common injury suffered in sports, and they're a common non-sport injury as well. Uh, Exact numbers are hard to come by, but it's estimated that around 75% of all ankle injuries are sprains, and about 80% of all ankle sprains are lateral sprains. Well, I know that's uh, definitely uh, a very common uh, injury that uh, that I know I see in practice. Um, So how did the uh, researchers uh, define a lateral ankle sprain in the study? Yeah, well, they took a little bit of a different tack from from the usual definition there. Um, The classical definition of a lateral ankle sprain, as I'm sure you know, is a a sprain involving damage or tears to one or more of the ligaments on the lateral side of the ankle. Uh, So the anterior talofibular ligament, ATFL, um, is the most common one damaged, followed by the PTFL and the calcaneofibular can also be involved. Uh, And it makes sense to think that when all of your body weight's being supported by this complicated joint, there's going to inevitably be a weak link. And uh, in this case, the lateral ligaments seem to be that link. Now, this study didn't directly image or test the ligaments themselves. Um, So instead, they relied on the external presentation of the injury to determine whether or not a sprain type had occurred. So we're looking for signs of observable swelling, difficulty with weight bearing, and uh, pain on the lateral aspect of the ankle. And of course, the thing with the ankles is if they're damaged once, there's a high chance of them getting damaged again. Or if uh, one or more of the ligaments is completely torn, the ankle may never completely recover, which is going to lead to long-term instability and joint degeneration of the ankle and subsequent patient disability. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I, I always uh, was have been fascinated uh, by, you know, the studies that look at the tensile strength of uh, ligaments after injury. And I think it's only about 80% of original strength that they return to. So it's uh, definitely, definitely important for long-term uh, function and recovery. Uh, so Russ, what does this article bring to the table in your opinion? Yeah, so the article is looking for ways to identify people at an increased risk of suffering one of these really common lateral ankle sprains. Uh, there's a few screening tools that we use already, but you know it's never a bad thing to have more or better ways to predict these injuries. So far, the best predictor for lateral ankle sprains is having had a past history of lateral ankle sprains. But since it might only take one of these injuries to cause permanent dysfunction, having a nice and preferably easy way to screen those at an increased risk can allow us to treat them before that first injury occurs, just preventing any future problems altogether. Now, I do want to mention, though, uh, this, this article focuses on football players, who's, their population who suffer from a lot of lateral ankle sprains due to the sport involving so much lateral movement, fast direction changes, and high contact. But there's no real reason to think that this information wouldn't be applicable to other sports and to the general population as well. And uh, we'll be talking about that a bit more later. Hmm, sounds good. So what do the authors use in terms of their uh, screening tools for the uh, ankle sprains? 
Yeah, so just to give you a little bit of an overview here, um, they look at a few different possibilities to predict lateral ankle sprains. So taking about 550 high school and college football players, they ran several different tests on them at the beginning of the season. They did the uh, Star Excursion Balance Test, or SEBT, the Functional Movement Screen, or FMS, um, and they also took BMI, Body Mass Index Measurements. Uh, just to fill in any blanks there, the SEBT is a test where an eight-pointed star, like an asterisk, is marked on the floor in tape. Patient stands in the center and then tries uh, stands on one leg while trying to reach as far along the tape with the other leg as in, in all eight directions as possible. And they do take into account differences in height for this test. Uh, the FMS is a movement screen looking at movement quality. And because this study was only looking at lower body movements, they used a modified version of the screen and tested uh, inline lunges, deep squats, hurdles, and straight leg raises only. And BMI was calculated just using a simple height-to-weight ratio. Once they ran all these measurements, they sat back and let the players play the season. And more than 10% of these football players had ankle injuries over the season, so then they simply correlated the possible predictors against the injuries to see what might uh, predict these sprains. And so did any of these tests uh, you know, give any predictions around ankle sprains? They did. Uh, the team found that the SEPT, the Star Excursion Balance Test, predicted injury risk, but only in the anterior anterior reaching direction. Hmm. So basically those who had poorer anterior reach on the SEBT got more ankle injuries. And a high BMI was also associated with a higher instance of injury. If I'm just going to throw some quick numbers at you here. Uh, poor performance on the SEBT anterior direction gave you a 2.84 increase odds for lateral ankle sprain and a high, BM, a high BMI increased the odds by 2.08 for lateral ankle sprain. And how about the uh, modified FMS? Uh, I know it's obviously a pretty popular uh, screen uh, system, and I was just curious to know what, what they said, uh, what they found with the FMS. Oh, interesting. I didn't know it was such a widespread uh, widespread used tool. Um, it's probably surprising then that the, the modified FMS didn't predict lateral ankle sprains at all, no. Hmm. So high BMI and poor anterior reach are the best predictors of ankle injury. That makes sense to me. Yeah, it does. I mean, when you think that the entirety of a person's weight is transmitted through the ankle, the high BMI risk seems obvious. And the SCBT is a deliberate attempt to shift a person's balance as far off center as possible. Now, the authors also note that ankle dorsiflexion, range of motion, and quads activation are correlated with scores on the SCBT. So this is kind of what I meant earlier about these results probably being generalizable to uh, non-football sports and to the general population as well. The SCBT is a well-validated tool that isn't just used in sports populations, and high BMI especially is something shared by football players and a growing number of the population. So any uh, shortcomings that you found, Russ? A few, yeah. It's a, so it's a smaller study. It's focused on a single population as football players, and it doesn't go so far as to make really solid clinical, clinical recommendations. So therefore, its clinical utility still needs to be explored a little further. Uh, methodologically, the authors admit that the way they calculated the BMI by just dividing weight by height, it's, it's inaccurate, and it's not the preferred way of doing so. They do sort of explain that away by saying that this way of calculating BMI does correlate pretty well with more precise measurements of BMI, so it's not clear if this is actually a real big problem or not. One more thing in the results section was that the, the combination of high BMI and poor anterior reach didn't predict injury as much as either high BMI or poor anterior reach alone, and that's something they can't explain and that I can't explain either. Yeah. And finally, the study didn't actually find that previous lateral ankle sprains predicted new lateral ankle sprains, which is a finding that's conflicting with years of results and research. And again, that's not explained by them or me. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a tough one to explain. Now, did the uh, study, did the authors of the study um, give any clinical guidelines in terms of uh, uh, score ranges or anything of that sort? Yeah, so they don't give they don't give really solid clinical recommendations, like I mentioned, but they do give experimental cut uh, cutoffs for low and high risk categories for ankle injury. Um, so, for the record, for the BMI is this is the difference between a BMI of twenty nine point three two and twenty six point seven in the non injury group, um, and for the SCBT reaching task, it's it's a difference about four centimeters between the averages of the injury and non injury groups. Hmm, interesting. Well, that's good to know. Well, hey, Russ, I want to thank you for being on the show again today. We'll make sure to include some of these uh, findings from the study in the show notes uh, for the episode. So you can always head over to ignitephysio.ca forward slash blog and you'll find the uh, podcast uh, episode show notes there. And I look forward to uh, chatting again soon, Russ. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Andrew.